Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to the Triple Threat Podcast. We appreciate you joining us. I am DJ Shockley. My man Scotty D is on the other side of the microphone. We appreciate y'all joining us every single week. We really appreciate you guys subscribing and listening and telling somebody about it. Get a lot of uh, tweets and comments about people watching the show. So we appreciate you listening and also watching the show here on the Triple Threat Podcast. Our show is sponsored by Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your only sportsbook expert. Got a lot to cover today on the Triple Threat Podcast. Obviously, a lot going on in our world, and sports world. Scotty D, man, mm. talk to the people. How you doing, bro? What is up, everybody? I'm been, I missed you this week, DJ. I know, man. It's been, been a long week, but a lot of stuff going on, man. Yeah. So uh, I can't wait to get your opinion and your takes on some of the interesting things going on in our world of sports uh, later on. My man, Scotty D, actually going to talk to some guys who know the Knicks really well. Uh, obviously, the Hawks will be taking on the Knicks here this weekend. Uh, looking forward to having the guys from Hard Knicks like Pod on with Scotty D. And he's going to break them down. He's going to make sure he get the ins and out and go let Coach McMillan know. What's really going on? <laughs> everything going on with the Hawks. But uh, what's your week been like, bro? What you been up to? Man, just uh, slinging packages, you know, and uh, slinging, and, packages. yeah, and watching oh. and watching uh, get watching these playing games, man. That was fun, huh? Yeah, no doubt, man. I, obviously, the uh, number one is uh, the Lakers and the Warriors game. I don't know if you didn't see that Wednesday night, the Lakers and the Warriors. Man, what a fabulous game! I thought the Warriors were gonna pull that thing out, man. Steph was. Unbelievable as usual. Mm-hmm. Uh, Golden State looks like they were going to win it up by the most at 13 at one point in time. Yeah. LeBron, uh, AD, all those boys were down uh, in that first half. Didn't look like they were going to play any solid basketball, but the king came through. But give a lot of props to uh, that man, Steph Curry, man. That man was a beast throughout the ballgame. Found a way to get shots. Uh, ended up in the game with 37 points bro you know what when i look at steph I'm, i watch steph play all the time and mm-hmm. you look at him and you're like bro how this man gonna get buckets how this man gonna find a way but i'm sitting there watching the game on wednesday night and a couple of them shots i'm just like bro that's stupid that's just sick like you yeah. can't even do nothing about that that's just it's ridiculous the amount of ways that he can get space the way he can create space the way he can get buckets and how fast that ball going up and every time he shoot, I ain't gonna lie. Every time he shoot, I think it's going in. Yeah. <laughs> Why wouldn't you? Because most of the time it is going in. Yeah. Dude, he's man. he's 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 the epitome of a slick player, man. He just he can make he can make you know lemonade out of a lemon anytime. It's True. amazing to watch him play. Big facts, man. Anthony Davis led the Lakers with twenty five. LeBron had twenty two, but probably the most important <clears throat> shot he had was right under the one-minute mark before the game's about to end. Time clock's running down. KCP throws it out to him, and he fades away for a big-time three. Mm-hmm. And you knew it was like, come on, bro. Did you see Steph when he looked back at him? He yeah. looked back at him like, bro, you serious? You really hit that? You really hit that? I got a buddy of mine, man, who uh, 
He is not the, the biggest, I want to say, LeBron fan. And when LeBron knocked that down, he still didn't want to give him his props. But I'm like, bro, you got you to gotta respect it, man. You got to respect LeBron having that ability baby, to get to the bucket, get points. And you know he ain't 100%. Yeah. The dude finds a way to win. What, what did you think about the ending of that ball game? It, well, that, it, it was it – was, first of all, for Steph Curry to make that look, how many times people give Steph Curry that look? You know what I no mean? Doubt. It's like, no doubt. That's his so, own poison. Yeah, it, it was a, it was a, it was a interesting game. You know, it was 13 point halftime lead. And then the Lakers make that almost make that up in the third quarter. Um, and, and LeBron hadn't done much in the first half. It's just, it's just, he, he just, we were talking off air, man. He, he, he I'm, I'm really, I'm, actually speechless to, yeah, to, to talk about, uh, you know, what that guy is capable of and, and what he can do. Dude is unreal, man. It's unbelievable the way that he can get to the bucket, mm-hmm. the way he can get space to create a shot. Mm-hmm. And I thought the most interesting thing is how he moves without the basketball. Now, a lot of people talk about him creating, crossing dudes up and then getting that shot up, but there will come times in the game where he is literally running the entire possession to yeah. try to get open, coming off screens everywhere. So the dude got to be in some crazy shape. But what they have done the last freaking month is unbelievable. And you talked about it before we came on. One of the hottest teams going into this yeah. play-in. And uh, I, I enjoyed it, man. It was fun to watch them, man. The Lakers obviously get in now. Uh, they're they're going to take on – who are they taking on? The Grizzlies. Yeah. Oh, no. I'm no, sorry. The Grizzlies going to take on – The Warriors. They're going to have one Warriors. more – Yeah. Warriors take on the Grizz for that last play-in spot. The Lakers, obviously, uh, will get to play Phoenix yeah. um, in that second seed right there. So it's going to be fun to watch those teams you know, go ahead. The Lakers going to be a, probably going to be a, a favorite in that game, too. You know what I think they could make? You know there's a new Space Jam coming out with LeBron starring, right? Yep, yep. You remember that old Bugs Bunny cartoon where he plays all the positions on the field in a baseball game? <laughs> you remember that? Yeah, no doubt. That's that, that's how Space Jam should be. This should just be LeBron. <laughs> LeBron brings the ball down, passes it on the wing to LeBron, passes it inside the post to LeBron, kicks back outside to another LeBron, and LeBron drives for the dunk. You know, I mean, or, or he could alley oop to himself. That's what he needs to do. Yeah, bro, getting buckets, man. All right, man. We got some other matchups coming up on Saturday. Some of the first round games. Miami will take on Milwaukee at two p.m. on ESPN. Dallas. We'll take on the Clippers at 4.30 on ESPN. Boston and Brooklyn, 8 p.m. on ABC. And Portland at Denver, 10.30. Who is your team coming out of the East, man? That's going to be the interesting question. Because obviously the West the West is still, I think, pretty wide open. Phoenix, Utah, all those really good teams. Everybody thinks the Lakers probably can make a run. But the Lakers will have to go on the road to yeah. win all these ball games yeah. if they got any chance. That's going to be tough to do. Yeah, uh, We got to maybe see the Clippers again. Uh, but a lot of good teams in the West, and I think everybody's talking about the top three teams in the East. So, who you got coming out of the East? I'm 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 gonna stick with um, Philly. Okay. Okay. Brooklyn. With- yeah, and and, it, and 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 I'm torn with Brooklyn just because they got the stars. But um, yeah, no, I'm going I'm going Brooklyn. Brooklyn's my pick. Oh, I'm going Brooklyn. Avery. I can't pick I against those three wavering. guys. Man. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard um, to get. Well, there's three dudes who are walking buckets all day. Yeah, and, and and in the West, I don't see Lakers coming out. I'm 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 taking uh, one of those top two seeds, Phoenix or Utah. I got you. I feel you. I feel you. Interesting enough, these are going to be very interesting. I think playoffs uh, going for a lot of teams with a lot of great talent on them, mm-hmm. and we're gonna see who's gonna come out of the 
uh, the NBA with this, and I won't be mad at probably whoever comes out of it because you're going to see some good basketball, whether it's in the East or the West. So I'm looking forward to watching that. Now, another big matchup that uh, me and you both will be excitingly yes. looking forward to watch, and you're going to actually talk to the guys from the Hard and Life pod to get a little bit more insight on them. Yes. But our Atlanta Hawks taking on the New York Knicks. And Nate McMillan actually on Thursday got fined $25,000 for some comments that he had about the NBA and everybody <laughs> wanting to see the Knicks get into it. They haven't been into the playoffs in all a long time. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of said, you know, I just I expressed this to my team that, hey, everybody wants to see the big market team like the New York Knicks, you know, play in the turn in the playoff and, you know, go well and do well. So he gets fined twenty five thousand dollars. Did he say DJ, that they ain't wrong? Did you read it? I'm sure you read it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. DJ, I'm having a hard time remembering in any sport a more ridiculous fine. Yeah, okay. I think it's absolutely absurd. They all—all all he was doing was expressing how he addressed his team. No doubt. That, That's I mean, what I'm saying. That's what yeah. made it so frustrating. Is they asked him a question and he said, "Yeah, this is how I've kind of portrayed it to our team." Like, and and it's true. And it's all true. Yeah, Every knows. league wants L.A., Chicago, Boston, and New York represented. Every league. Okay. Why? Because there's a hundred million people in those four cities. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. uh, it's ridiculous to, to, for, for him to get fined for that. I, I guarantee. I'll bet money now. He challenges that, and, the, and that thing gets kicked back. I sure hope so. That's uh, ridiculous. But the Hawks, the Hawks obviously are going to play against some really talented young players. Like a Julius Randle, mm-hmm. uh, R.J. Barrett, uh, Todd Gibson, who has a lot of uh, playoff experience. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a team right now in the Knicks who are averaging 107 points a game, allowing 105, but very athletic, very talented team that likes to get out and run. Also, who a lot of people think could be a six-man candidate, Derrick Rose, man. Yeah. I mean, Derrick Rose has you know kind of got his career back on the right track with the Knicks and playing at a high level, but – when you go through this Hawks roster and you mm-hmm. think about what they have and the young talent that they have, obviously everybody knows about Trey Young, him averaging 25 a game. And uh, you got Clint Capella who, you know, led the league in rebounds at 14 a game. Uh, Trey Young, 9.4 assists a game, leads, leads the Hawks. But then there's other guys like John Collins who's come along. I know you're a big fan of John Collins. We sure. talked about him and that max deal and wanted to keep him around. Uh, but I thought Bogdanovich is a guy who's playing good basketball, too. Yep. Averaging like 16 a game. Yep. Um, Clint Capella, who I talked about, uh, obviously getting DeAndre Hunter, Gallinari, my man Lemon Pepper Lou, you yeah. know, is, is, is doing his thing. Uh, so it, it's a lot of guys who are like role players who can be a big factor in this series. A lot of young talent mm-hmm. between the Hawks and the Knicks. Mm-hmm. What do you think happens in the series, man? I mean, do you, do you think it goes a full seven? You, you think the Hawks – you know, a lot of people think it's an upset. Uh, the Hawks come out of this. What do you think? Oh, yeah. Nobody's picking the Hawks, I don't think. I feel like, you know, and 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 it's and I think it's based on aura. I think it's based on a, a, a beat up old arena in New York City that that people think is some, <laughs> you know, some Mecca. And I'm not from New York, so I don't get it. I get that. But you look, you didn't even mention Kevin Herter and, and, yep. and, and yep. Um, yep. you know, and, and, and on top of those guys. See, this is the thing. They had nine guys average double figures. So you're not going to convince me there's a deeper team than the Hawks. Nah. It's not, it's going to be all about Trey and I, and hopefully Trey can handle that. But if, if, if the Knicks make it all about Trey, I don't see this game. This, I don't see this series. Uh, I don't see the Knicks moving on. 
because you just mentioned all these people, Capella, John Collins, Bogey, Gallinari, uh, Kevin Herter. All these guys can can score for us. And, De- and, and you know, we don't know what DeAndre Hunter is going to be like when he comes back. Lemon Pepper Lou, you know, uh, who, who, <laughs> who uh, you know, interesting, you already brought up Derrick Rose. I, I consider those two guys kind of similar, you know, been playing forever. Yeah, no doubt. Um, you know, uh, and Derek, considering and considering Lou almost thought about retiring, but mm-hmm. end up finished playing for the Hawks. That's pretty cool too. Yeah, hometown team. I, I love it. I love him. But uh, yeah, I'm I, I like the Hawks' chance a lot here, and it's gonna be. I'm gonna love it if it goes the way I hope it goes. Um, you know, and and then this thing, this thing comes up roses for the Hawks. Well, it's fun though, man. The Hawks ain't been in the playoffs since for 17. So mm-hmm. obviously it's fun to have the home team in it. Um, what a great series with the uh obviously the pageantry of the New York Knicks, you know, being you gotta go yeah. there on the you know on the road and playing Madison Square Garden. I mean, it's it's kind of what you dream of when you're a player, you know, mm-hmm. playing in these big ball games, and now Trey Young gets his first try at it. And this is where I think he ultimately will start to get. Uh, kind of looked at as far as one of the best in the league, one of the guys who yeah. are one of the guys that you say, okay, he is an elite player in the in the NBA because he got his team to the playoffs for one. Right. Now, how do you play once you get in there? I think that's going to be a big part of this Hawks and Knicks series and Trey Young. Agreed. Can he continue that, which I think he will. I mean, the dude has ice in his veins. He continues to play at a high level. And, you know, so. he averaged actually less points than he did last year, and I think he was a better player this year. Last year he was 29-8. and eight. Eight, I believe this year is 25 and nine. The only player to average 25 points, nine rebounds or uh, nine assists, excuse me. Um, and I think he's become a more mature player, not always feeling like he needed to take the shot. You know what I mean? And I'm sure Nate McMillan yeah. has a Nate McMillan has a ton to do with that. But so does adding Gallinari, Bogdanovich, uh, Lou Williams. So, well, I guess they don't play together probably too much, but adding those pieces help as well. And Capella coming back, who's probably my favorite story of the Hawks this year. No doubt. No doubt. Love Capella on them boards, man. All right, let's on, we'll talk about some baseball, man. All right. Some quick hitting stories. Obviously, some good stuff going on um, in baseball. Just on uh, Wednesday night, uh, obviously, we we hometown dudes. We love our Braves. How about Ronald Acuna in the Braves? Walk off homer, one pitch in the ninth inning. See you later. <laughs> Game is over. I love watching my man Ronald Acuna hit me and my little guy sitting there watching it on Wednesday night. And just first pitch rocked it. I mean, it was unbelievable. I mean, actually, the Braves were up, you know, three to one. And mm-hmm. the Mets ended up coming back and taking the lead. And uh, the Braves ended up fighting back and get a chance with the top yep. of the lineup up in the ninth. First pitch, see ya. So, do, you think, do you think he knew it was gone? Oh, for a second. <laughs> for a second. I know he was hoping. He was watching it. And then you saw the bat flip. You saw him giving the it's over sign. I was hyped about that. He's man. so exciting, man. There, there's no getting around that. Um, he's, no he's 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 one of the uh, most exciting players in the league, and actually, actually doing it. You know, there's there's other players that that are talked about in the same conversation as him, but yeah. nobody's putting it up like he is. You know what I mean? So he's yeah. he's an exciting player. It's fun. It's a fun time. They need he needs more. They need more. He needs more done around him right now. Because the yep. team team's not performing like they want to, but uh, he but is bro, certainly in the right hitting, spot. They were hitting it hard though. They were just hitting it at people. Mm-hmm. I mean, that lineup: Freddie Freeman, Ozuna, Albies. Yeah. I mean, Riley is coming on hitting the ball good. I mean, it, it's fun to watch. Dansby got a couple, you know, doubles in the. I mean, both all these guys are playing good. Heredia. I mean, this is a tough lineup to get through when the dudes are hitting it in the, in the right way. So, man, the Braves looking fun. They fun to watch. Other news: Mike Trout. Out six to eight weeks with a calf strain. Um, 
And also, we're talking about the Mets. Mets outfield Kevin Pillar, a pillar, mm. suffered multiple nasal fractures after being hit in the face on Monday yeah. by Braves pitcher Jacob Webb. It was a terrible scene. Got hit in the face with a 95 mile an hour fastball. Uh, he actually came out and talked to the media a few days mm-hmm. later. Um, him and uh, Jacob Webb actually talked, so that was good. But yeah, terrible scene, man, to see him get hit in the face like that. Yeah, it's tough. He's been around for a while, and he's uh, played on a lot of teams. And he thought he was very gracious, and he he said that he's more concerned about uh, the pitcher's psyche than yeah. he was his own. But it'll be, I think, anybody that's been hit in the in the face of baseball, it comes it it, it, it your next time in the batter's box. Oh, it, that's going to be a psychological challenge. What? And we, 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 uh, we obviously hope for a good recovery from Kevin Pillar. I don't know what, what his injuries ended up completely being, but he's going to ha- obviously have surgery and stuff. Uh, but we hope, hope the best that he make it back and, uh, you know, continue, continue to uh, have a, a, a nice career. No doubt, man. <clears throat> All well wishes to my man, Kevin Pillar, for sure with the, with the Mets, uh, other news, these no hits, man. Dude. We're now up to six <clears throat> no hits in the Major League Baseball. And this is the most ever before June in a season in Major League Baseball history. It happened back in 1917 where you had five, and that was the previous record. Mm-hmm. But Spencer Turnbull had a no hitter uh, versus the Tigers uh, a couple days ago. And then Corey Kubler comes back and no hits the Rangers on Wednesday. Yeah. So this is crazy. Six no hitters before June. I mean, you look at how special of hitters are. We just talked about Ronald Cunha and how good he hits the ball. And every team has a couple hitters on their team just like that. Mm -hmm. And the fact that there have been six no hits already Mm -hmm. is crazy. Yeah, and it's funny. You had to pencil in that Corey Kluber no-hitter because we were supposed to record yesterday, and he did it last night. Uh, it's it's So I went back before last night. I went back and looked, and the, the since the mid-19-teens, because at some point you got to stop looking because baseball was right. different in the 1800s, right? right? So since, since the early 20th century, the most that had ever happened was seven. It's been done several times, uh, most recently in 2015, but – this season's like barely more than a quarter of the way over right. and there's already six. It's insane. Yeah. So, I mean, and, and no hitters are, are, are rare, but it, there's usually at least one a year. It usually happens, but it's possible. There may not be another one, but six, but man, it, there could be 12. I don't know. No doubt. It's insane. No doubt. I mean, dudes throwing high heat throw dudes are, but the fact that you got to have good defense behind you too. That helps. Oh, absolutely. But six already before June, we got a record already on that. So yeah. uh, some fun to watch if you're a baseball fan, man, watching some of these games and watching how good these hitters are. But then these pitchers are just as good to be able to locate the ball yeah. and put it where you want. I mean, that's a that's a different type of, type of talent. And some of these guys had it. So six no hitters already in the major leagues, making baseball a little bit fun to watch uh, for all the fans around baseball. Jump into some football. Bro. A lot of stuff going on in the National Football League as we – Always consider you. You think May, June, April. I mean, obviously after the draft comes, you think there's not much. There's nothing going on, there, man. Right? Nothing, nothing going else. on. Draft is gone. Rookie mini camps have been out there. Well, there's still a couple stories that are out there. Joe Burrow, for one, is on track for a full goal in week one after mm-hmm. that horrendous knee injury from last year. Um, you got Tim Tebow has yeah. signed on the dotted line 
and he is officially practicing with the Jacksonville Jaguars, wearing the number 85. And guess what? His jersey is already selling. How crazy is that? I mean, Scott, I, I know you look at it like, ah, that ain't nothing. That's Tebow. It don't matter what he do, his jersey going to sell. Well, especially in Jacksonville. I mean, that's where he went to high school. So, but yeah, I, I just like the quote that he said that he's like, look, making this team is going to be a challenge, right? No doubt. It so that, that to me goes back to what we talked about. I don't remember if it was last week or the week before, but it goes back to what we were talking about that, look, this ain't Tim Tebow, you know, tooting his horn all the time and talking, you know, this is, this is a, he, he's, he's some kind of enigma that people just can't stop either loving or hating. And, and I obviously, I, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of the guy. Um, I'm not, I don't usually follow Gators into the NFL and worry about that too much. That's not how I, I, I look at things, but it's going to look weird seeing him wear 85, isn't it? <laughs> I know. Right. And it's going to be different. I mean, I saw a picture of him like walking out of practice or something. I was like, wow, that looks weird. Uh-huh. I mean, the dude is, is yoked up. Dude is big. He looks like a freaking tight end. So, uh, it's going to be a different story on if he can actually block or actually run routes and play tight. And that's a whole nother conversation. We talked about that last week, but I'm just going to leave that alone. Uh, but <laughs> Tim Tebow is officially a part of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Other news, Broncos added Minnesota, the, the excuse me, the Broncos added Minnesota Vikings Kelly Klein to the front office in historic scouting history as she becomes the highest ranking person in that particular field pretty is pretty cool you've seen women starting to climb mm-hmm. climb the scale in national football league and we've yeah. seen them coaching we've seen them as referees now they're getting a part of the front office which is pretty cool so kudos to kelly klein getting that particular job other news as the patch resigned veteran brian hoyer to a crowded uh qb room QB is 35 years old. We know they drafted Mac Jones, number 15, which is they have Cam and you have Jared Stidham. So now you add Brian Hoyer to that QB room. We'll see if that matters at all. But did you say he's 35 years old? 35. Golly. Brian, Brian Hoyer, 35. I had no idea he'd been around that long. Yeah. But he's got some, you know, he's got some, some, uh, re- he's been, you know, with the Patriots. So he's obviously uh, Belichick wanted to bring in somebody familiar with what he's trying to do in there. No doubt, no doubt. Um, a lot of teams are reporting for their offseason workouts. A lot of teams are getting in. Uh, the Falcons are no different. And Matt Ryan had a chance to talk to the media a few days ago, and uh, he talks about, hey, he feels good, feels like he has a lot of good football left in him. A lot of people talking about maybe the last couple of years of Matt's career, but he said he feels good, got a lot of football left in him. But he also made an interesting comment that um, – <laughs> We're going to talk about here because obviously there's a big news going around here, not just in Atlanta, but around the National yeah. Football League. But he said he's not sure what this offense looks like without Julio Jones in it. Right. And as we know, a lot of talk has been about Julio Jones. Will he be back? And will he be traded? Well, it seems like Julio Jones will be out of the door. And uh, there's a, 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 a story here in The Athletic by Jeff Schultz who reported that the Falcons would like, would like to trade star receiver – and here are the reasons why. One, obviously, everybody knows salary cap situation yeah. is horrendous for the Falcons. Uh, Julio's advancing age. As we know, receivers get over 30. That's a big issue. And the last part of it is, is the Falcons' own acknowledgement that they're in more of a rebuilding phase than a contending one. Now, that is one that I didn't see. I didn't hear. I thought they were still trying to win now. I know they're still trying to win, but say they're more of a rebuilding phase is something that I was – Really intrigued to hear. Now, a little news on Julio Jones. 
His base salary this year is 15.3 in, in 2021. In 2022 and 23, it's 11.5 going forward. So obviously the Falcons need cap room. They need to find space to sign their rookies. Uh, you got a new staff in here. You got mm-hmm. new offensive coordinators, all that kind of stuff. What's your what's your feeling on this Julio Jones issue, Scotty D? Well, I read I read that article and then I went to look at the comments. And I'll say when I when I read the article, to me it could have been a two-word article. Because to me, it just it just begins and ends with salary cap. It, it's mm-hmm. as simple as that. It's a business, and, and you have to you have to run your business with some kind of fiscal responsibility. And then there's and then there's hard caps that are they're a requirement. So I don't understand why fans just can't understand, uh, uh, you know, wh- why this is it just has to be done. Right, right. And it's, it's frustrating. It's frustrating because a lot of people are saying, "Hey, Grady can restructure his deal to keep Julio," but there are a lot of things that are in play here, and I think more than likely number 11 will not be a part of the Atlanta Falcons going forward here in the near future. As we've talked about June 1st is that date. We mm-hmm. had Steve Weich on and he talked about, Hey, those post June one cuts are big for the salary cap and what it means and all that kind of stuff. So right. interesting to see what happens. Whoa. But I started to dive a little bit more into, okay. Okay. If Julio Jones is not there. Some of the teams that could actually be okay. in for Julio Jones. The first team that came up was the Ravens. Yep. Now, the Ravens went out. They got a first-round pick. They, they went and got Rashad Bateman. Uh, they have Marquise mm-hmm. Brown. Mm-hmm. But giving Lamar Jackson more weapons yeah. is big. You know Plus, they're going to give him that big deal here soon, so you got to give him some more weapons. Yeah, and I don't, I, I'm not a big believer in Hollywood Brown other than a, than a downfield threat. Um, right, right. I, it was a little surprised how high he was drafted. But um, I think it, how, why would you not want to have Julio Jones with his experience and his – his skill set, as long as he stays healthy, uh, yeah. to help Lamar Jackson and also to help those two young receivers that you just mentioned. Okay. So I, I think that's a great location for him. Here's another team to think about. What you got? If they get this guy, does it change the mindset of the main guy? Green Bay Packers. Mm. If you get Julio Jones, is that enough for Aaron Rodgers to say, you know what? I can throw the hmm. Julio Jones. And Devontae Adams. And Devontae Adams. <laughs> that'd be pretty that'd be pretty sick. Ooh. That'd be pretty and sick, right? That there. may be just what Aaron Rodgers needs to come back. Maybe. I know he said he doesn't want to come back, but you say, Hey, I'm getting you Julio Jones. How do you say, Yeah, I still don't want to be here? Well, I know Jordan, I know Jordan Love would love to have those two receivers. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. <laughs> Another team in the mix, San Francisco. Obviously, uh-huh. he played for Kyle Shanahan. Uh I'm sure Julio would love to go out west and play for that offense. Obviously, you add Kittle, you got Debo Samuel, you got Brandon Ayuk. You got a you got a couple guys around mm-hmm. him that where he won't have to worry about being the primary pass catcher on every single down. You got yeah. some other guys around him that can help him out. Back to the days where he had maybe a Tony Gonzalez around him or a Roddy White, all those kind of guys that kind of helped him bring him along. So a lot of good. Here's another one though. What? New England Patriots. Mm. They added Nelson Aguilar, they got Kendrick Bourne. They went and got the tight ends, John Swift and Hunter Henry. But you add Julio Jones to an offense where Mac Jones eventually will be your guy. But how big would that be for a guy like Cam Newton to have a Julio Jones outside of him? Yeah, I mean, you're, you're exactly right. How big would he be for any quarterback? Um, no doubt. What, what was that? I'm going to come back to what you just pulled in screen right there. 
We're going to come back to that in a second. I'm staying hydrated, bro. I got, that, I got a lot of water. I'm staying that's hydrated. a lot of water. So, uh, yeah, so that that's an interesting take, too. And I don't know what all the salary cap implications are for all those teams you mentioned. But I'll be honest, man, the Falcons, I don't care if they trade them to New Orleans. They got to get the best deal they can. Whoa, whoa. Yeah. Yeah. I I totally disagree with you now. Now, we better not give him to anybody in the division. Because you give him to anybody in our division, he going to go for 250 every game. I guarantee you that because he going to want that rock. I'm just concerned that they don't have much. not going division. I'm just concerned that they don't have a lot of leverage on uh, on a trade for Julio, so they're going to have to take the best offer possible. Man, he, I, I mean, they you, can't. I don't, care, I don't care what kind of leverage they ain't got. They ain't going to New Orleans. He ain't going to Carolina. Damn sure ain't going to no Tampa, so you better forget about that now. They ain't happening. I well, guarantee let me, you that. Let me, is, is that all your teams? I got three more teams. Okay, go, go, go. Chargers, Colts, Titans. Three, three other teams that possibly could go. Uh, to them, Titans got a bigger receiver than AJ Brown, Corey Davis, Colts, T.Y. Hilton. We know, and Chargers, you got the young quarterback. Mm-hmm. Colts, hey, you just got, got, got Carson Wentz over there. Maybe he needs another big time receiver, but Chargers, you got Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. Those are two good receivers. Keenan Allen, yeah, it, yeah, that's that's that. I can't imagine, I have a hard time believing they'd make that move. That, that but, but they're all intriguing. They're he, he's going to help any quarterback as long again, as long as he's on the field. Um, I just think I think fans need to uh, get real with themselves a little bit. And it's fun to to love a team and to be a fanatic. Um, But you know what? Julio Jones ain't thinking about me. He ain't thinking about he ain't thinking about Joe Blow fan that sits in Mm -hmm. Section 312, row four, three. You know, (laughs) he's not thinking about them. So they need to stop worrying about that and just let let the let the new regime do what they need to do to, to get this boat on the right path. Let me let me let me ask you a question now. All right. Do you think there's some re there could be some reading between the lines of why they haven't restructured uh Garrett? Oh you mean like what? Think they could trade him? Nah, nah. Why nah, not? You gotta you gotta have some centerpieces. Grady <clears throat> is the centerpiece. Uh, not just that defense, but I think he's like a leader for that team. Like, mm-hmm. seriously, like you can't get rid of certain guys. Like, you get rid of certain guys once they get past an age or they get to a point where obviously they don't fit no more. Or you got it, like you say, you got a new team. But Grady is like, he is like a nucleus guy. Okay, well, so I, I don't I, think he And is, I agree, and I wouldn't want to see that. I'm, I'm cool with Julio going. I don't want to see that either. I'm just asking. What? A, why haven't they done something with him? Because the, it's bottom line. They have to get more cap space. So why haven't they done something with him? I'm with they you. want him I'm here long term. And I, I think they have looked at every scenario. I think mm-hmm. they look at every guy on their team and they say, okay, is there room to work with this guy? Is there room to do this? So I completely agree with you. I don't think they didn't look at Grady. Uh, they may still be looking at Grady. We don't mm-hmm. know yet. It may come out, you know, when that post-June 1 happens or whatever yeah. it may be. But we'll see. But – I just think Grady is a nucleus. You got to have those guys in that locker room for you, especially with a new regime. You got to have guys that you know you can depend on. And I think Grady's one of those guys. And from everything I've heard, I've heard Julio's been on the other side of that particular dilemma of, hey, sometimes he's been hard in the locker room. Sometimes you don't want to practice. So, hey, why not start new? So we'll see if that's the case and see what happens going forward. Let me ask you one other uh, clarifying question. The post-June 1 thing is to cut people, not to trade people, right? You can you trade can people today if you want. Yeah, yeah, you could, but it, it it helps you if you do it after a certain time, which is they call the NFL. They okay. they call it some part of the year. You know, you have the you know beginning of the league year type stuff. I got you. Okay. One is like one the of the fiscal those year or whatever. Yeah, 
Okay. So June 1 is one of those dates. So easy enough, man. Hey, we appreciate everybody joining us here on the Triple Threat Podcast. Obviously, my man Scotty D, he is going to talk to the guys at Hard Nick's Life Pod. Yeah. Tune in for that. Uh, and we're going to have a great, great week. A lot of great stuff happening, man. A lot of good stuff to pay attention to. A lot of great games, man. A lot of still stuff going on. You guys pay attention to the finals, baseball, whatever you got going on, pay attention to it. But it's been fun rocking with you guys today. Coming up next, my man Scotty D sits down with the guys from the Hard Knicks Like Pod. Coming up next on the Triple Threat Pod. All right, guys, we are back, and uh, like we talked about before, we are excited to have our guests today, uh, Craig and Barry from the Hard Knicks Life podcast. They are a uh, podcast that uh, break down the Knicks and talk about uh, w- what's going on up in New York, and uh, they are uh, understandably excited right now, as we are in Atlanta. Um, Barry, Craig, how are you guys? Thanks for coming on. We're great. I mean, I'm great. I can't speak for Barry. He's probably no, I'm, great. I'm, He's always I'm, better I'm, than I'm me. wonderful. You know, our podcast is It's a Hard Knicks Life, but, you know, lately we've been saying it's a wonderful Knicks life. So we are fucking pumped for this season. That's awesome. We are, too. You know, it's it's I know that we have a reputation here in Atlanta and I'm not a I'm not an Atlanta native, but uh, I've I've adopted uh, some of the teams here. And, uh, you know, I you guys would not believe this. Um, So we lost our uh, I was using YouTube TV to get my cable. Of streaming cable, and um, they lost the 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 Hawks channel, the channel that that broadcasts the Hawks games. So I had to change my cable provider just to be able to watch the Hawks games this year. And we don't have a rabid fan base like they do in New York, but but there but those of us that are, uh, you know, it was it was a struggle. But I, I, believe, I believe that because a few um, back in the Jeremy Lin days, you remember Jeremy? Yeah, Lin yeah, yeah. Days? insanity uh-huh. um i was living in manhattan and there was a cable dispute and msg networks was not on most of people's cable channels living in new york city what for like through insanity it was crazy yeah, so we there were been all nothing go- going on with the knicks in right. years and this is like the biggest thing it was you know all over the place on the you know front page the back page every single day just game after game so and yeah, nobody's getting it on. in their apartments. There, I've heard about it happening in other places. <laughs> I know the Do- I'm a I'm a Dodgers fan. I know in LA they had uh, cable disputes about people couldn't watch Dodgers games. But the the channel that carries um that carries the Hawks there it was Fox until about a month or two ago, uh, and Bally's bought them. But uh, they carry the Hawks, the Braves, and the um and the Uni- Atlanta United. And how 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 this has gone on for this much of the season i'm surprised i thought when Braves fans got on board that they would race hell but uh it hasn't happened but anyway but what i was going to say is that you this will shock you even as as much of a passive sports town as atlanta has a reputation for being i'll go into a sports bar here and i have to ask to turn the hawks game on it's not even on the tv and that's it drives me drives me batshit it, it drives me crazy but uh but what's the vibe like in New York right now? What's how are how are the fans feeling, man? I'm understandably pumped, but what's going on? So yeah, I mean, there look, there, there's Nick fans all over the place. Sure. All right, but obviously there hasn't been anything to crow about. You know, you're almost embarrassed to talk about it unless you're a diehard. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, with everything going on now, you see all the Knicks hats 
the Knicks shirts. People are finally coming out because they're excited to talk about it. Um, and, you know, obviously we've never wavered and the true Nick fan has never wavered. I right. mean, through their pitiful seasons every year, you're still watching every game. You know, you're just waiting, waiting for it to turn. You, you don't see the light at the end of the tunnel. So right. the fact of what's going on now that it's out of thin air is there's just so much excitement buzzing. And, you know, we can't wait for the postseason to get started. I think most of us, no matter what happens, it's like we're just happy to be here type of thing. Right. I mean, yeah, I mean, listen, we were just like any other NBA team spent, what, half the season with no fans. Right. And then they started letting a thousand in a couple thousand. And meanwhile, all the Knicks fans are on Twitter, you know, just basically watching every game together. And it's mm -hmm. pretty crazy large fan base on Twitter with Knicks fans every game. Yeah. Um, and yeah, now playoff tickets are on sale there. They start off allowing 13,000 in. Now it's going to be 15,000 MSG. Mm -hmm. I feel like Knicks fans as a whole, it's, it's, it's like a soda bottle that's being shook up right? And that, <laughs> for game one against Atlanta. That cap is going to be removed uh -huh. and the Hawks are going to get wet. The Hawks are getting <laughs> <laughs> Barry, did I hear that you have playoff tickets? Uh, yeah, we do. Craig and I will actually okay. be at, uh, at game two of, All right. uh, of the playoffs. What, Barry what? makes it. It's like his annual thing. He he takes the podcast to a, to a huge Knicks game. And we went to a meaningless Knicks game last year, and it was incredible. But who was that against, Barry? It was against Memphis. It was actually Memphis. it was late February. So it was only about two weeks before the shutdown. And we at, we sat right behind the Knicks bench. It was like you know my both of our first times ever sitting that it was close. incredible. Um, and yeah, fortunately we did it when we did because who knew two weeks later that uh, it would be shut down for COVID. Wait, when yeah, you say now, when you say you took the the podcast to the game, tell me about this. Uh, yeah, so uh, I think they're a sponsor of yours too, right? BetOnline.ag. Yeah. Um, so I started betting um, on on all the games last season, not not Knicks games, but just NBA games. And I said, you know what? It's my it's my dream to sit courtside at MSG. It's a, it's a very expensive ticket. Yeah. I'm going to see if I can use my knowledge of basketball, <laughs> you know, to, to bet on games and maybe, maybe get enough money to win. And I, I had an unbelievable streak going. I did well. I think I was up about two grand. And yeah. And it was it like was a, a weekly thing on the podcast where yeah. we would get updates from Barry, what his money total was up to. Yeah. There'd we be just... nights I'd bet five games in a night. You know, yeah. and I was winning more than I was losing, and it was great. And then, I, you know, it was like a, a midweek game. They were playing Memphis, and, you know, I, I still couldn't afford the court side. Court side was still heavy, uh, hefty, <laughs> but it was second row. So we were right behind the Knicks bench. Um, you know, it was great. It was great. But, That's uh, but yeah, awesome. it was my treat to, uh, to the guys. And, and, uh, and this year, you know, look, it's the first time in eight years the Knicks are in the playoffs. We got to get ourselves in there. So we're going to be going again. That is awesome. How many, how many fans have been coming to games? They've been allowing 2,000 fans 2, to each 000. game. I don't even understand how, how all of a sudden it's 15,000, but I'll be honest, I'm a little nervous, but <laughs> we're going to see how it goes. That's, it's, it's interesting because um, I don't think you guys understand what life is like outside of, of that little bubble in New York. I mean, I've been, we, 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 were, we were fully shut down for one month, and after that, things started trickling open, and we, we, you know, we're, stores were open, and we were you know, in bars and it's it's been it's been weird. It's it's a weird. Yeah, I'm sure, it's much different here. Weird difference between uh, between different areas of the country for sure. How many people have been going to Atlanta games this whole time? Uh, I, I I'm not sure about the uh, the Hawks, but uh, I know Braves are full now. Uh, for about two wow. weeks, they've been full. They started. 
want to say they opened the season at, and it's outdoors too, but I think they started the season at 30% and they went to 50% in a week and then it was 100%. It, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's been a big difference, but uh, I, I'm pretty sure there's been more than 2,000 fans at the Hawks games. Um, but it's, it's, it's been an interesting season and year for sure, uh, as, as we know. But uh, what, um, so, so everybody's excited. What, what, do you, what, what, do the, what does the fan on the street think about this? I mean, because I, I know we're, we're like a redhead stepchild. Do, do, do they just assume the, the Knicks are going to sweep? I know one of you do, and we'll talk about that later. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, d- d- I mean, d- are they taking the Hawks seriously? Yeah. Yeah. Look, we know, you know, you look at this season, we know the Knicks went 3-0 and against the Hawks. But, you know, a th- couple of games were close. Playoffs are a different thing. And we know the talent that Atlanta has. They're very deep. They're a deeper team than the Knicks are. And, you know, you look them up and down and you could argue that they got more talent than the Knicks have. So I don't think we're taking them lightly. I do think that we are confident going into the series. A big part of that is having home court. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. We know what MSG is like. We know this team and we know this team feeds off of that. So that's a big part of it, too. Um, so, yeah, like you said, you know, Craig is 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 always very optimistic <laughs> when it comes to this Knicks team. So, yeah, it doesn't matter who we're playing. I think he'll, he'll say that we're going to sweep them. Don't, yeah, don't um, tell anybody that listens to our show, but it's really bullshit. I mean, <laughs> I'm honestly nervous about facing Atlanta. I, I could easily see us losing. I mean, you need a break. It's the, they have the same exact record. I think there's mm-hmm. some similarities between the teams, mm-hmm. you know, in that um, – well, well, there's there are some differences and some similarities, right? They're both great three point shooting teams, right? Mm-hmm. Atlanta spent a lot of money in the offseason. I think everyone was expecting them to be much better this year and get into the playoffs. But they started off slowly, mm-hmm. right? And then yeah. they had to they fired their coach, and then they got Nate McMillan. They've made a huge difference since then, right? Yeah. And the first two games the Knicks played the Hawks were the old Hawks from the beginning right. of the season, right? And the last time we played them. Hawks played really well and we needed Trey Young to hurt his ankle to, in yeah. order to pull out that win in overtime. So I'm taking the Hawks very seriously. It's weird right now though, because Knicks fans, I feel like they're not really talking about the Hawks. I think everybody thought the Hawks would be the best matchup for them of all the playoff teams, but the Knicks fans are just excited to be back in the playoffs. I don't see many people talking about what the matchup against the Hawks is going to be like. They're just talking about, being back in the playoffs for the first time in eight years, filling up the garden. Is that crowd going to be a sixth man? Mm-hmm. You know, can our like young guys come through in the playoffs in the clutch? Yeah. Cause we've struggled at times late in games. Yeah. And um, I think if the Knicks fall to the Hawks, obviously there's going to be disappointment, but it's not going to be disappointment because we should have beat them. It's more just disappointing because the magic is going to end the magic yeah. of what this season was, you know, this unexpected season. Um, we don't want it to end. You know, when we look back at it, I mean, who wouldn't be thrilled that this team that was predicted to win 21 games this whole yeah. season had a first round exit in the playoffs, you know? Well, I know for my part, when uh, when Lloyd Pierce was fired and I was I was torn about that because, you know, you guys don't see Lloyd Pierce in the media like we do. Seemed like a great guy. But uh, there was obviously some issues in the clubhouse just as far as players. To simplify it, I think they, they just didn't take him as a, very seriously. Um, and, and obviously the, the, the Nate McMillan, film, you know, coming in has, has changed something. Uh, I predicted at that point, I just felt like the East was so 
uh, top heavy with the three teams, uh, you know, that are at the top. I, I, I made a, I made a prediction. I'm like, Hawks going to be the fourth seed guaranteed all these guys, you know, and that's, that's something I'm confident in is, is the depth on this team, nine guys in double figures, um, uh, you know, and, and, and any one of them can pop for 30 uh, at any time, really. Um, so I, I was, I was, I was confident about that. And I think that's what's, you know, that's what's happened. I, it, it was a little, their, their win percentage with Nate McMillan's over seven, uh, 700. That that's a surprise to me. I didn't, I didn't think they would cut, make that kind of turnaround, but it, but it's pretty amazing, but I didn't want to see the Knicks because I started betting on the Knicks early in the year because they were, they were covering a lot. And uh, I love quick. I love quickly. I love, you know, I love, I love the team a lot. I think of the youth, there's a lot of youth in common with these two teams, or, or I shouldn't say youth, but let's say playoff and experience. Um, because uh, the, the Hawks have some older guys, but, but still not a ton of playoff experience at all. Um, but we, we've, we've, we've seen, we've seen what's happened with that coaching change. And, and I know here we're excited about it. What, um, what, how do you guys, who, the, who, who should we be paying attention to other than Randall and, and RJ Barrett? I, I would, so there, there's two that immediately come to mind for me. One is, you know, sixth man of the year finalist, Eric Rose, because once he enters the game and our starting point guard up to this point, Alfred Payton sits on the bench. It's just a different team out there. Yeah. I don't know if you guys are cool with it, but we're going to spot you guys at the beginning of the game. Okay. That's right. Uh, Tibbs likes to uh, start, not his best players necessarily. (laughs) And we're going to let you get off to a nice start. And then we're going to bring in our real point guard (laughs) about seven minutes in. You'll see. Derek Rose replaced Alfred Payton, who, nice. by the way, is 99% of Knicks fans' like, uh, enemy, pretty much. Oh, yeah? Knicks fans have been like calling for Alfred Payton to come off the bench the entire season. And I don't know how much you pay attention to the Knicks like box scores, but Alfred plays the first six to seven minutes of each half, and that's it. What's that the story it. with that? What, why? Why? Is Thibodeau stubborn or I mean, what do you what's the story of why he does that? We don't know. Thibodeau will tell you that Alfred is out there for his size. He's out there for his defense, but his defense has been nothing, nothing above average by any means this season. So there's not that he used to be a good facilitator, you know, in years past on other teams, Um, even on the Knicks last year, he was better than he was this year, but he's doing nothing good for the team. And you look at his numbers. You look at the Knicks numbers as a whole when he's on the court versus when he's off the court, and it is a stark difference, and it's clear that he hurts the team. So, I mean, there's been speculation that there's some agreement that's been made, you know, because it doesn't – there's nothing else that makes any same, sense. Same agent as Julius Randle he has. But um, Does he have pictures he, of Thibodeau? Maybe. They, there have been rumors <laughs> right. of that as well. Uh, <laughs> what, what would there be a picture of Thibodeau doing? Like, sitting watching TV in socks, having some ice cream? Back, backgammon. I don't, does he play backgammon? I don't know. <laughs> then the other reason beyond Alfred, like Barry said, that Thibodeau would say it's his size and defense. The other reason that you hear is that Derek Rose, Tibbs really likes Derek Rose just coming off the bench. And he's and having somebody play, out there with the second know, unit. Yeah. And, lead them. And he kind of like always finishes the games he basically brings Derrick Rose in, like we said, six, seven minutes in, and it takes him as long as he can take him until halftime. Yeah. It's crazy, though, because when Derrick Rose comes out, Thibodeau goes with another point guard, our third string, our fourth string point guard, anyone but the starting point guard, Alfred. 
unless those guys are all struggling, sometimes Alfred might come back in. It's definitely something you should watch. That's yeah, going back to your question, Derek Rose, definitely look out for him because uh, yeah. he's been playing unbelievable the last month. I'm, I'm a big, I, I like Derek Rose a lot. He reminds me somewhat of or at least the style or, or the, the kind of, component he is on the team he reminds me of lou williams who we acquired this year that that just an a kg veteran that's played forever um you know and it's kind of the sixth man we have like four or five six men but as far as the the guard position goes he he's you know he's our our sixth guy and yeah, uh, these are two vets in the league mm-hmm. they just still have it you know you 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 expect to go into a season thinking that they lost a step and then you just see these yeah. uh you know these players they look like the players of old right you know, it's pretty incredible and i think and, yeah. with i think with the second and with the second unit i think that those are two guys you don't have to worry about the stage being too big even if it is msg yeah yeah the the other name that, that immediately came to my mind is because he's not a flashy name and, you know, it just seems like a role player type of guy is Alec Burks because he's had huge fourth quarter moments for us. And okay. Thibodeau seems to ride him in the fourth and he can shoot the three. He can drive to the lane. He gets himself to the line. And it seems like he's always there at those moments when the Knicks are in a close game and they're either coming back or they need to push that lead ahead in a close game. Right. Yeah, During this stretch where the Knicks have been playing so well to finish the season, they it's a key for them has been their three point shooting. I mean, they've become one of the highest three point shooting percentage teams in the league, which is crazy. And it was always a major weakness for us. So like I said, Alec Burks, either one of Alec Burks or Reggie Bullock basically have to be hitting threes for the Knicks to win. And usually one of them is, and during this streak, one of them has been Bullock has been, went from being one of my least favorite Knicks meeting of the season to one of my favorite. He plays great D. He's a knockdown three-point shooter. Him and Alec Burks, sort of, they mix count on one of them to be hot uh, every game. Well, what do you think, how do you think that Tibbs, is, with his, you know, defensive um, emphasis, how, how, if you're him, how, how, do you, how do you attack the Knicks from a defensive point standpoint? Are you going to shut down Trey? I mean. How do you attack the Hawks? Um, yeah, defensively. Yeah, I mean, Trey Young is definitely someone on the Hawks that I think he gives them a huge advantage late in games and throughout the game, obviously. Um, He's one of those players that seems to come through in the clutch, right? When the Hawks need him the most, Knicks don't really have that player. Um, But I think we've been hearing rumors of Thibodeau wanting to play Frank Nilakina a lot on Trey Young. Say that Um, again, who? Yeah, you don't know Frank Nilakina? Come on. (laughs) He's the best looking player in the nba and that's a w- widely known fact <laughs> the french prince we call him do you really not know who frank nilakina is i didn't he is like a cult hero amongst half the nick fan base okay. the other nick, half the nick fan base despise him yeah uh, he's, but he is he's basically, one of these he's basically like one of the defensive stoppers and he's, a, he's just a big point guard that thibodeau will be using on trey young especially if trey's lighting it up watch frank will be in very quickly. Well, one of the articles I was reading uh, was talking about um, the point guard position for both teams, and it was basically Trey Young, and then it listed five guys from the Knicks. And I was <laughs> right. so I was like, I don't know a couple of those names. Um, no, I don't. You know, I, it, it may be hard to believe to Knicks fans, but the rest of the country doesn't always know what's going on with the Knicks. But I mean, you don't know our eleventh man <laughs> on our team. Come on, I just thought you knew Nilakina because. 
the rest of the country seems to love to hate us. So they rip us for every failed lottery pick. And Frank was a lottery pick a, a few years ago, you know, so well, yeah, that's why it, I thought you knew him. One of no, our many failed picks. Admittedly, I am not, you know, we are not an NBA show. We're not, I'm not an NBA guy. I've, I watch all the Hawks games and I know what's going on there. And I kind of know what's going on other places because I, 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 I wager a little bit. So, but yeah. I don't know who your fifth point guard It's was. actually comforting. It's comforting to me to know that you don't know who Frank is. <laughs> well, yeah. Maybe you'll fall in love with him like we do. You know, Maybe. I'll, I'll keep an eye out for him. That That's, that's for damn sure. But... Uh, <laughs> Uh, listen, let me ask you one kind of change directions a little bit. This week, uh, Nate McMillan was asked by media something about what, you know, what he's talking to his team about. And he, he talked about uh, how the narrative of, of, of the nation, nationwide media is about New York, Chicago, L.A. Uh, and uh, uh, Boston. And he just kind of laid out what everybody knows, especially if you're not in one of those towns, that every sports league, including the NBA, wants – those cities represented. And that's understandable. Uh, probably a quarter of our national population is in those four cities. What, what do you think about him getting fined 25 K for just saying, Hey, this is what you're up against, you know, talking to his young team. This is what you're up against just so you know. And he, and he just told his, told the reporters what he had told his team. I was shocked. I'm shocked that they find him for that. I listened to the soundbite. I was expecting it to be so much worse. You know, mm -hmm. him complaining that he knew the Knicks were going to get all the calls or something like that. And then, yeah, it was just him talking about how everybody wants the Knicks to be in the playoffs. Everyone wants New York, the yeah. team in New York to be in the playoffs. Everyone's excited about New York being in the playoffs and that there are certain advantages. The only thing he said that was dicey, maybe, is that there are certain advantages that come with that for he sort of implied for the Knicks, but it wasn't really clear. Was he talking about advantage yeah. for the Knicks, the Hawks? Um, but there was for them to just assume that he meant what they find him for, I think is crazy. To me, it wasn't even a complaint. Th this is not, again, this is not something that right. everybody generally doesn't know. It was just, look, this is what it is. You're, you know, Trey's 21 years old. I'm just making sure you understand what's going on because you were in Oklahoma and now you're in Atlanta you know, you need to understand what it's going to be like dealing with the Knicks in New York. And I honestly took it from a media standpoint, not like refs are going to be, you know, uh, one-sided in their calls in New York. I just, I thought it was ridiculous and I, I thought it was funny. And, and um, my, my, my prediction is he's going to challenge that and that's going to get, that's going to get dropped. Uh, but guys, listen, um, let's talk about the series. What do you think is going to happen? What do you, you know, how do, how do you see this thing playing out, um, key matchups, what, wh however you want to take, you know, whatever direction you want to take this in. What are your thoughts on on what happens in the next two weeks? Yes, this series is taking two weeks if it goes seven games. <laughs> I know. 15 days. Know, it's crazy. Right? Sunday to Sunday. Yeah, I yeah think. I think, uh, if it goes to Fucking game ridiculous. seven, I think it's going to be on June uh, 6th. I, it's absolutely insane that we have to wait, like, half a week. For, and they played for 72. Game two, for yeah, game they, two. <laughs> yeah, they played, I know, four, uh, three days off? Yeah. They, they, they played 72 games in 48 days, I'm pretty sure. And now they're going to take a series and stretch it out over two weeks. Yeah. Hey, I'm uh, worried about the Knicks and what Thibodeau is doing to them in practice right now. They're going to be exhausted by the time <laughs> the game comes. <laughs> what do you think, Barry? Uh, yeah. Like I said, I think it's going to be a really close series. The, the thing is, the Knicks have to play 
And we've seen it all season, and, and thank God they have. They got to play almost a perfect game of basketball. They don't have the most talent in the world, but what they do do is they hustle. Mm-hmm. They go after loose balls. They, you know, you were asking them, asking us before what they're going to do on defense. I don't, I don't know if they're going to do that much double teaming on Trey. I think they're going to rely on their defenders, whoever they put on him. And fortunately, we have a great rim protector in Erlens Noel that's back there. If anybody mm-hmm. slips up, you know, and, and he's been doing a phenomenal job. He comes up huge all the time. He's third in the league in block shots. So he's like kind of their safety net. So if they can just hold it together again, and I don't think they're going to lose sight of it. I mean, you got 15,000 screaming fans that haven't been out of their house, haven't been to a bar to watch these games. Their friends can finally let it out. Um, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be electrifying. It's going to keep them on their toes, every possession. And that's what this Knicks team has really written. It has been their effort, their hustle. So um, I think if they do that, I think these two home games, should go really well for them when we get to Atlanta it may be a different story and I, I, what scares me is, is that so many different weapons on Atlanta that we don't know who's coming who's coming out as you said anybody could score 30 points John Collins you yeah. know the uh what DeAndre Hunter's coming back right <clears throat> I know and he's had you know from his injury uh Bogdan Bogdanovich Danilo Gallinari there's some Lou Williams there's so many guys yeah. that can just explode on any given night you know whoever has the hot hand that night so you know the, the Knicks do have a lot in front of them. You well, know? So it's not going to be an easy series for anybody. That exact point is what's given me optimism. So let's get to our picks. And, I, and I'm going to go ahead and assume Barry, Barry said in his show that, or in your show, Barry said that uh, he picked Nixon six. Right. I'm going to, I'm going to give Craig a chance Ugh. to walk it back. If he wants to, if you, you don't have to, you, you, you can stay on what you said, but <laughs> Craig, picked Listen, when I, I a picked- sweep, a sweep, right? <laughs> On our show, which is to Knicks fans, right? <laughs> our show, we say it's the the it's a hardness life, the pain, the passion, the podcast. All right, yeah. I some I often cover my pain or hide my pain with the most optimistic view possible. Right. All right, but it is a hard Knicks life. You put a gun to my head. All right, right now. Let's let's for this. For this exercise, you're asking me for my prediction with a gun to my head. For this audience. For this audience. And I'm going to say the Knicks are losing this series because I have suffered so much pain. I don't think we're winning this series. How could we win this series? It's not possible. I'm not allowed that much happiness and joy in my life. There's no way. Well, it's not like we as as, as Hawks fans have had some blessed existence. Okay. So it's it's we just don't take it so hard. We take it. You know, this is a sunburn on my face. This is I played <laughs> I played golf yesterday. You know, I mean, it's we, we yeah. have we have uh, we don't get shut in whether it's winter time or whether it's COVID time. We get to go out and you know do our things. So we don't take it as as rough. But yeah, you're looking um, great. Look at this. Unless Look it's this. college, unless it's college football, <laughs> yes. unless it's that college football, <laughs> then it's a whole different story. <laughs> then then people are shooting each other. But uh, all right, so so I, I'm I'm. If the Hawks could have pulled out home court advantage, I was really pulling for that uh, the, the G League team that the Celtics put together last week for them. <laughs> I was I was really hoping that they could pull it off, and God, they almost did. Damn it, if they almost didn't, uh, I would have said Hawks in six if they had home field. So I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say, uh, I don't like Game Seven being in New York, but I can't pick the Knicks, so I'm gonna say uh, Hawks in seven. If anybody can lose game seven in New York, it's the Knicks. (laughs) Yep, that's for sure. Well, guys, thanks so much for coming on. Um, I really appreciate uh, your your guys' viewpoint of everything. And uh, we will uh, 
ex- really excited about this series and, 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 uh, I'll, uh, we'll be, we'll keep in touch, see how things go and, uh, good luck to, to your show. Not to yeah, the Knicks. Too. Thanks yeah, for not to the us. Knicks. And uh, we will uh, holler at you later. We appreciate it, guys. Everybody, thank you for joining the Triple Threat Podcast. Uh, we uh, will see you next week. We appreciate everything. Make sure you check us out on all your podcast platforms on YouTube. Uh, we appreciate all the all the following and all the love. Guys, take care. And as DJ would say, deuces. Go Knicks. <laughs> I'll leave it in. Did I'll, I get that in? Did I'll I get allow it? it. I'll allow it. I'll leave it in. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.